I hope that sounds good. Me too. <laughs> we'll find out. Isaac. Shh. Isaac. Go play. Yes. Just keep watching. Go play. All right. We probably got about an hour. <clears throat> probably. This episode of Among Wolves is filmed before a live studio audience. Of children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I say. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> of all the shows that shouldn't be recorded before children, ours has got to be up there. <laughs> well, we're not that bad. There's a lot of stuff out there. That's... Have you listened to the, hey, leave that in there episode? What about all the sex? <laughs> hey, leave that in there. That's, that's not the title. I think that's in there. No, the, it's the, it's leave, don't do it unless. That oh, that's a don't do it. It's, oh, oh yeah, there is it. a, hey, leave that in there. Yeah. It's, <laughs> or is it don't, don't do it unless out? you do. Unless you do it. <laughs> You wanna um hi hi fold, how's it going? Hello Fold. You, Happy Veterans Day. Oh that's right. We're recording on Veterans Day, so thank you to all those service men and women who have served the country and uh, um actually it was really cute because um Joel knows my dad was in the military and so he was like can we call Grandpa? He wanted to call Grandpa on FaceTime and so he called him Happy Veterans Day. Oh <laughs> that's that so really cool. Cute. Yeah. So. That's cool, yeah. My grandpa was too. Not a lot. Well, Lisa's got a lot of family. Oh, Robert knows that his his grandpa, Lisa's dad, was in the in the army. I forgot he said something about that. He's like, "Oh yeah, that's the army. Papa was in that." And I was like, "Yeah," or he said he is. He he put two and two together there. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. cute that the kids kind of kind of picked up on that stuff. So yeah, so in honor of Veterans Day, we'll be talking about Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're gonna be talking about other things, but. <laughs> Can we talk about what we're drinking first? What are you drinking? I am drinking the Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest. It is an Amber Marzen. Do you know what a Marzen is? Uh, I know what they are, but... Uh, Do you know where it got to? It's a German beer. So a Marzen's yeah. a German beer. Right. And uh, Marzen in German basically means March. So it's oh, brewed. so they're brewed in March. Because I've drank the uh, Golden Beers. Well, I used to call it Marzen. Maybe it's a pronunciation. I don't know. I don't speak but German, so I could be very... I don't either. <laughs> I should. But yeah... <laughs> The Gordon Beers used to set, uh, have that yeah. as one of their like Staples. regulars. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and that was probably the one I drank the most. You yeah, know. yeah, the very famous. It's uh, brewed in March, served in the fall. So the Oktoberfest. Is gotcha. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I was gonna say brewed in March. That's not gonna work. No, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. No, but that's how it goes. I see what you mean. Brewed, yeah. brewed. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, what are you so drinking? I am drinking the new Belgium Triple. New Belgium from Fort Collins, Fort Collins, Colorado. Shout out to Colorado. We got actually got uh, several Colorado listeners. Oh, good. Yeah, I can't remember how many, but we have what lots. What up, 303? Or 720. No, what? what is the other? 720. I don't care about that. Okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <clears throat> I know, and the thing, too, is now there's so many area codes. Mm-hmm. And there's more area codes now than there would have been anyway, even with population. It's because you have more phones. Because everybody has a cell phone. So if you think about it, here, you like, you know, for your house, you would probably have one phone. Right, exactly. But now, now, even if you were still at the house, let's say you'd all be teenagers or so, your mom, your dad, you, and your two sisters would all have phones. Yep. And you may still have a landline. So that would be six numbers. Yeah. And if this was the 90s, you'd also have the internet line. Oh no, there wasn't the internet line. That's when you, you you'd be like, "Hey, get off get line, off get off the phone or line." I gotta make a phone call. But I forgot all about that. Hey, do you remember that? That was so annoying. We yeah. had the internet. See, we were lucky because we already had a line. Because technically, my father, when we moved into our house in 1993, he also worked from home. Um, a little here and there because he'd travel and then he'd work a few days, you know, three or four or five days a month or something from the house. So he put uh, his phone for work and then he would put and they put the fax line in. Oh, separate fax line. So that became the internet line? That became the internet, that makes sense. internet line by like 1998 or something because yeah. we were a little late on getting a computer. 
I think we were too. I don't remember when we got a computer, but it was a while. We were we were kind of late on, on ours too. Because like my uncle Mark and his family, like my cousin Matt, they had a computer, like as long as I can remember. Yeah. You know, and there was no internet. Well, or people didn't use the internet. Right. Back then, so there was always computer games and stuff like that we could play. But you know, I didn't get one until I was already in college. No, I wasn't. No, I was definitely in like. Middle school. Um, well, I was in college when you were in middle school. I know, right? No, <laughs> no you're not that much older than me. But um, so we we must have got a computer earlier than you guys too. Then because I remember in middle school definitely having a computer um, that was like connected to the internet. But we were we were we were late on a lot of things. I, I don't know if necessarily late. I think my parents on purpose deferred a lot of things. Like we didn't have cable. I don't think we didn't have cable until I was in middle school or maybe maybe early high school. Oh no, that our my parents were different. Yeah, <laughs> we had cable. Like I don't remember a time before cable. Uh huh. Was that for sports though? Because I feel like your family was. No, older. my parents weren't sports people. My, really? No. What? Okay, let me take that back. My parents were sports people that weren't sports people. Mm. My mom didn't watch sports, but she was never anti-sports. She like okay. loved sports, and technically, all my teams are because of my mother. So my dad. <clears throat> As a kid, liked Willie Mays, so then he started liking the San Francisco Giants, and then I guess he adapted to the San Francisco Niner, 49ers because of the Giants or whatnot, And but I didn't even know that as a kid, and he, and he grew up in L.A., so I'm surprised that he liked those two teams. I think my Uncle Mark liked the Giants, too, or something for some reason, so then maybe he latched on with that, but like I grew up as a Rams and Dodger fan because my mom bought me Rams pajamas when I'm two years old or whatever. And <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> so is that what you know, you're doing with, with Robert? <laughs> if I'm yeah, not doing kinda. rough Rams stuff. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I'm okay if he wants to choose his teams, but I mean, I bought him a few Rams things, but he'll he'll root for like the Bills and stuff because Grandma buys him Bills stuff. And, but then now I got to work harder because Mom's not around to buy him crack things because I know she probably would have. Well, <clears throat> you know. A younger mom would have, but it's just like, <laughs> you know, that's the kind of stuff I didn't realize that that was the thing. As mom said, well, he's a little boy. He's going to want football pajamas, so I better get him Rams football. Yeah, so that's how it is. So, yeah, so I try to, you know, but see, like, I'll watch football with Robert. Yeah. Oh, also back when I was a kid, like, they didn't really have sports on cable. Oh, they didn't? No, nah, that's probably a little later, you know, oh, okay. but like like ESPN, when it first came out, they're like showing like World's Strongest Man and mm-hmm. Australian Rules football and stuff. Wow. I just as, it, as it went along, they didn't get more and more, and now they don't put as much on network TV because now, like the Rose Bowls on ESPN, where yeah. it used to be on like ABC. So if you're that guy who doesn't have cable, then you're screwed, and you can't right. watch you the can't Rose watch Bowl. Anything. Yeah, because it all kind of flipped anyway. over, you know, ten, fifteen years or about five, ten years ago or something. They just, I think, the fact is synergy. But <laughs> but what's it called? A- ESPN and ABC are all owned by Disney and stuff. So I think what they realized is like we've been playing Monday Night Football on ABC on Monday nights since 1970. But now we realize that if we just throw it on ESPN, everybody will still watch it. And now right. we can throw Dancing with the Stars on and get two different markets. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Or two different um, demographics. Right. That makes sense because like... I don't need because I feel like that's the only advantage for cable now is that's sports, the main thing so, too, and that's the main reason we kind of hold on to it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to get the cable, the sports on the internet. I know that's out there. I know yes, people do that, but yes, they do. <laughs> but I don't really know how to, and I think we're still just too old and curmudgeon-y that we're just like, oh, we won't switch yet. Yeah. But yeah, but my parents, I think they did it so they get movies and stuff. That makes sense. So we had like the movie channels and stuff. No, we never had we never had that growing up. Like we had always had basic cable. Like the I don't remember how many channels it was, but but it was it was more than than anything else, and we didn't have any HBO or any of those yeah. other movie channels. See, we had Showtime, Cinemax, and the Movie Channel. Yeah, that's cool. And we had HBO when I was real little because we had a lot of HBO. See, the thing too is we had everything taped too. So my parents would tape that stuff. So we had like 800. No, it's probably. We probably had at one point like close to 100 cassettes, but then they had like three movies on each one. Yes. So what was funny is so they taped it on EP or SLP 
You know, oh, right? Oh, I totally <laughs> forgot that those were options. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you had SP, which is standard play, that was a two hours per tape. Right. Then you had LP, is long play, that was four hours to tape. That kind of got phased out later. And then you had EP, which is extended play, or they would do SLP, super long play. And that was six hours per tape. So then you could fit three movies on a tape. Right. But then the quality, quality wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I remember that. That's my parents funny. would do that. And then they ended up, but then they'd record like um, every, you know, they'd record so much because they could. Right. So, you know, like it would be like, oh, hey, I want to buy these movies. But they're $20 a piece. I'm only going to get the good ones. But when they're $5 a piece, I'll just get whatever. So that's kind of how they were. It was like everything was, uh, throw woman in red on there. I like Teen Wilder. Boom. It was like, okay. What? <laughs> so awesome. they did stuff like that. So Do you remember putting uh, tape over the, the, the little thing? On see, the- I never did that because. Oh, really? Well, see, I learned that later, but that was the thing. We never busted the things off. Oh. So you didn't need to. I did do tape over that when I used like old tapes of movies you didn't need anymore or whatever. I did have a dilemma here. I'll give you this story. I borrowed the Garlic Jr. saga for For Dragon Ball. For Dragon Ball Z (laughs) from my cousin Jason. And one of the tapes I had too close to my space heater and I kind of melted it. So I was so mad that I melted the thing. So what I did is I took another cassette. And I I gutted the cassette. So I took, because the tape was good, just the cassette part was bad. So I unscrewed it and I switched, the, switched it out. the tape. And I even was able to peel the sticker off and fill it over. <laughs> That's and impressive. everything was perfect. Oh, it was good. He would have never known. Except I forgot to pull the tab off. Oh. And somehow his wife, I don't even know if they were married yet. And she like did something that like it started recording, and she's like, "Oh, it's recording over the thing." And he's like, "You can't record over the thing. The thing's popped." It's like, "Things not pop. Wait, what's going on?" And then he figured it out. <clears throat> so if I did that, he would have never known. And then he was mad because I never told him that the thing were there. But I was like, "Yeah, but I replaced it so well." Like, <laughs> yeah, we always had cable, and we always had movie channels. But there was a point in time, like I don't know, I was in fifth grade or something, where we lost the movie channels. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and we lost the cable in the back room, and I'm like, oh. So terrible. Oh, There's my nothing life is on. Ruined. 134 channels. I can't go back in the back room anymore. I can't watch shows in the back because I'll die. It's all regular TV. Yeah, we had that. I mean, I even remember before they had the Disney Channel because I don't think it came out till like 83 and we got cable in like 82 when Sarah was born or something. And then I'd watch the preview to the channel coming up. I just sit there and watch. There's going to have Disney Channel someday. And then they'd show, like, scenes from, like, the Matterhorn or something and just watching the the, the bobsleds drive by. And I'm like, oh, I can't. Someday. (laughs) Someday it's coming. And Channel 33 used to have uh, horror movies on Saturday nights. Nice. I don't remember the horror movies. And they they were, like, old cheap ones. But instead of having, like, Elvira introduce it, they had a guy called Count Cool Rider who was, like, a mix between Elvis and Dracula. That's hilarious. But what's funny is he's the son of the guy who owned the station. So he was a dude who just put together the show. Right. It's, and now what's funny is he's... Like how they used to have the electoral college. They probably still do it with the electoral college of some guy's cousin or whatever. <laughs> like, hey, you go you go and put in the ballot. You yeah. Know, because, because, you know, make you feel special. Kind of, I guess. <laughs> well, it was more like, hey, Dad, you know, what are we going to do on Saturday night? I don't know. I got all these, the rights to these cheap horror films. and <laughs> So we're just going to show these these horror films. Yeah, so you just introduced it. It's like how Sven Gulli is now. Or, yeah. I don't know if you know. Yeah, he's on one of the little channels, but he's more national and stuff. I don't know who that is. <clears throat> it's Yeah. But it's kind of like what Elvira did. Gotcha. Do so you know that she did TV shows? Or I did movies? know that, okay. yes, yeah. So, yeah, so he did that, but it was like a Vegas thing. And, like, people, like, you know, my age, maybe a little older or younger, like, well, who've been out here that long would know who he was. But what's funny is he does, like, a lot of car stuff now. So he's in a show called Counting Cars, which is, like, on, I don't know what channel. <laughs> like, not TLC, but something like one of those A&E or something. I don't know. So he's, like, super old now? or how, He's older, yeah, but. He was he because he was young when he was doing the other things? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's. Probably like Early late twenties or oh, something. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't that young. Okay. Gotcha. But I guess he was on a TV, like on a talk show or something, and they're like, "Hey, we found out you used to be a vampire." So he's like, "Oh yeah." 
But I was like, to me, that was like, that was hot. That was like cool. Yeah. It was like, oh, got to stay up till 10 and watch Count Cool Rider. I remember, um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but um, the Tales from the Crypts. Do you remember? Yeah. yeah. But that was the kind of the idea, right? Like this guy introduces. Oh, yeah, the host. Yeah. 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 <coughs> I remember yeah. liking that a lot. I like that. It was kind of like that. We're opposed to that. That Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Same idea. Because, yeah. You know what I just started watching today because uh, I hadn't seen it in years was uh, Bram Stoker's ba- Dracula. Bram Stoker's that's Dracula. The, that's the one, yeah. And I was, I was like, I'm going to put this on. And then I started watching. I'm like, the makeup is really bad in this. <laughs> and I didn't realize how bad it was. This is like from what, 91? 92 or, or 93 90, yeah. or something like that, yeah. Yeah. But I, was, but I like the Simpsons version better. Oh, yeah. Simpsons version is way better. But uh, <laughs> but I started watching it this You're morning. fired. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's where we got the correction free blood. <laughs> correction free blood. I don't remember that word. That's a, they're drinking. They're, they go to Mr. Burns' castle. Uh-huh. And he's supposed to be the Bram Stoker Dracula right, character. He's Dracula. And they're sitting there and they're eating. Oh, yeah. We're going to my boss's house. In Pennsylvania, oh, yeah. <laughs> but they go, they go and they're, and they're like eating dinner, and then and Lisa goes, "Ew, Dad, this is blood." Correction, free blood. <sighs> so I don't know how many times my family is done. Correction, free blood, or. <laughs> Fill in correction. Free this, Whatever but you it knew is it was because of the Simpsons. And the best yet is there's an Italian dish. It's an egg dish called frittata. Yeah. So when we ever figured it out that it's correction frittata, <laughs> <laughs> that was that was laughed at for many a uh, many a minutes after. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> That's good stuff. Uh, so speaking of cartoons, yes. Segway. Segway. <laughs> This so. is how you do a segue, people. That's how it works. <laughs> so I don't know what I was looking at. For some reason, I was um, looking at Black Cauldron today, mm-hmm. and and uh, what's it called? Um, and I want to watch it because I haven't seen it forever, ever. It's one of the Disney movies that is totally forgot about. And uh, what happened? There's also a. Uh, there's a podcast I'll listen to called Disney Story Origins. It's changed to Cinema Story Origins. So it can do... They did Willy Wonka last time. So nice. they were, And the idea is he's taking the source material and the Disney movie. And, oh, I see. And, so like if it's a grim fairy tale or whatever. Exactly. Mm, gotcha. But see, with some of those things, it's a little crazier too. Because the grim fairy tales are from like, what, the 1800s or so. But these go back further. But yeah, so there's like, oh, well, there's this one from the 1600s. And this one that I think is from the 1200s. Yep. So then they jo- he jokes about on how people give Disney a hard time for Disneyfication of fairy tales. And he's like, well, the Grimm's kind of did that first right. because this... 1400s version of Sleeping Beauty, this dark and cruel, whoa, and and then Grimm's is like this, which eh, it's not as dark, and then, then Disney's is this, so it's even less dark. And, or I was just pointing out that Grimm's Disneyfied the right the things for way their, before for their time frame, yeah, yeah, or something. So, and apparently, <clears throat> what was it? All the the stories with stepmothers were originally mothers. But because mothers were the ones who were going to buy the books to read to their children, they didn't want to hear about these terrible, evil mothers. So they're like, hey, <laughs> let's change them all to stepmothers because that's who's going to buy these. <laughs> that's hilarious. He did an episode a while ago, and I'm like, I never listened to this podcast, but I can't watch it and listen to it now. I haven't seen this movie. I'm not up to date with it. You want to wear these pants? He was talking to Henry, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I still currently have my pants on. <laughs> We can cut this out. So for some reason, something came up. I don't know what I saw, but I thought of the Black Cauldron. And then I was thinking of, I remember them calling the Black Cauldron something else in the Black Cauldron, like Tyrion or whatever that character's name. And I said, what was that for? And I said, oh, I think they re-released it in theaters and they changed the name. From Black Cauldron to the... Okay. So, it's kind of like... Um, 
when you throw change that because I, I guess in the re-release of Great Medallion's Detective that happened in 1992, yes, which I forgot they had that re-release. They called it the Adventures of the Great Mouse Detective. So I was like, I thought they called. Oh, I. This is what it was. Yeah, I was looking at Wikipedia about it for some reason. I can't remember where I started, but I saw the name Tyrion and I said, "Hey, I think they called it Tyrion and the Black Cauldron." So I started looking at it. So then I did a little internet search, and I couldn't find much about it. And then I found a, an article that there. And this guy sat there and said, hey, it was, and I guess it's an older article from like 2019, but then at the bottom they show update, update, update. <clears throat> so he said he remembered it be called being re-released, but he can't find anything about that because I looked in on Wikipedia where it sh- usually shows right. theatrical release and then re-releases. So, like, I found out that's like when I was like, I saw Fox and the Hound in the theater, but I know I didn't watch it in the original release. Same thing like Beauty or no, Beauty and Beast, Snow White in all its re releases. Exactly. So, but then I sat there and I looked up Fox and the Hound once and I saw they had a 1988 release and I said, oh, well, I was probably about nine when Grandma and Grandpa took me and Sarah to see it. So, which was probably the first time I saw it because it wasn't even on VHS until later. So all those 80s movies get screwed over for VHS because I think I talked about this in an older episode because there, there was a thing where Disney didn't want to show it because they thought they'd lose the money from the re-releases and not realize on how much money they can make from the VHSs. Mm. So then their idea was to remake, put VHSs of movies that just came out. So like if Snow White got re-released in the theaters, then they'll put it on VHS later. Or something like that. That's what they were doing. So they didn't do it for like Oliver and Company comes out in 1987 instead of coming, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, VHS the next year. They just didn't. So you're looking at like Fox and the Hound, Black Cauldron, Grey Mouse Detective, Oliver and Company. Never having a VHS release. Right. Mm. Until the 90s. The 90s, right. Yeah, so, so like 10 years later. Those. That makes sense. Yeah. But the thing is, you would have grown up with those things because right. they would have been on VHS. Because Pinocchio and Snow White and Cinderella. Well, maybe Snow White was later. But like Pinocchio, Lady and Trap, Cinderella, we had those things like the very first versions. Right. And they had stickers on the cassettes and stuff. You know, <clears throat> Dumbo, things like that. So everybody knew the old ones and stuff. But then when Little Mermaid came out, it made so much money. They're like, throw it on VHS and we'll make even more money. And then they made all the movies after that. So, you know, even Rescuers Down Under and yeah. and uh, what's it called? Like Beauty and the Beast Aladdin all came out on VHS later. But the other ones didn't. So they didn't huh. come out to like the late 90s. And it's like, oh, now I can see Oliver and Company, which I haven't seen since I was like eight. But now I could see it while I'm in a college. <laughs> <laughs> I never realized that. that yeah, and I feel like that those are forgotten because yeah, they didn't have sense. the home movie version. We were just talking about this because I don't think... I'm actually not 100% sure that I've ever seen The Black Cauldron all the way through. I've, I've seen enough clips to know the film. Like, right. if I'm watching something, oh, like, I've seen this. Black, it's called Black Cauldron, right? But I don't actually know if I've ever sat down and watched the entire film versus something like The Rescuers uh, and The Rescuers Down Under. I had both of those on, actually, I had them on beta, but I had both of those on video at the house. Yeah. And so um, I watched those dozens of times, I'm sure. And same thing with, uh, um, with uh, obviously, Little Mermaid and Aladdin and all those. Yeah. Stuff. Those and I movies. had the Rescuers book on tape. Right. So I could listen oh, to the yeah. tape version. But they stopped making, like, the, well, they may have not have, but they weren't as popular by the time Black Culture and Great Mouse Detective and stuff right. like that came out on tape. So I didn't have those. So I couldn't listen to the tape over and over. Right. That's how I knew Empire Strikes Back so well, because I had the cassette that I would listen to. Over and over and over, over, and over again. again. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, Great Mouse Detective was another one that we had on vi- on uh, beta, I think. And I watched that one a bunch of times. I like that one. But was that later? That was later. See? That was in the 90s. Because yeah. those things didn't come out. So, first of all, Black Cauldron probably didn't get a book on tape. Or if it did, I never got it. Right. And nobody saw it. Wow. That's crazy. Because it didn't make is. any money. It, I don't. I don't remember... <laughs> the movie well enough to know whether it was good or not it was darker it was actually a pg oh really so that I was tough for the kids yeah it was darker <laughs> a little scarier and stuff and then the problem is they spent a crap load i think they spent 44 million so that today's dollars that's 6.8 billion but <laughs> but <clears throat> now with inflation yeah. but but uh, what's it called so <clears throat> it did that and it probably made it didn't even break even i don't know if it made half its money so at that time they were thinking that could bankrupt the 
the the animation studios, and they really never really kicked back into high gear till Little Mermaid. Right, you know? right. That's kind of because there were two movies after, but they didn't they didn't, they didn't make it. They didn't rock the world. Right, no. I remember there were big deals when I saw them coming coming out. I was just a kid then, but apparently, so I remember them saying something. So I'm like, oh, let me look on Wikipedia see what they say. I don't say anything no. about a re-release. I said, I swear, I saw. The, I remember, and I thought they changed the name. So I looked it up, and I found some guy who's like, hey. I know they changed the name and they re-released it, but I can't find anything about it. And like on any Disney's official stuff or blah, blah, blah. So he went through this whole thing and he found a, a, a TV commercial, but it was from Portugal or something. So there was a Portuguese TV show that I, but you could see that they're talking about it in Portuguese. And then they play the American trailer trailer with Portuguese subtitles and they called it Tyrion and the magic cauldron. Interesting. And then he showed some posters trying to re-release it and some books and stuff and things like that. Huh. And then he found, like, these movie times and stuff in old papers or whatever. Somehow they found it. So did the re-release just get advertised and never happened? When was the re-release supposed to happen? It actually did, but it wasn't wide release. Oh. So he was seeing that there was stuff. So he figured it out that it was in the... Well, what's funny is that Portuguese show, it said it was, like, March of 89. And he couldn't find anything with March of 89. But then they found out that it was in Portugal then, but then it wasn't until America until early 1990. Wow. In 1990, I think Jungle Book got re-released. And maybe something else came out. I can't remember. But that was the thing. Jungle Book, yeah, I watched that like four times in 1990 in the theater. That's funny. But what's it called? So it came out in 1990, but it wasn't a major thing. And I said, I remember hearing commercials about that. I'm surprised. Maybe it's because I grew up in L.A. that it was in L.A. You know, when a lot of things would be like premiering in L.A. and New York. And then on on December 30th, the world, you know, the rest of the country. But I'm reading the thing and it said like it was in Oregon and some other places. And then I read some of the things and then one of them said Las Vegas. And I was like, I didn't live out here, but I did visit. So maybe I saw a commercial because I remember, I guess I would have been close, you know, close to 11, 10 or 11. You remember seeing that I remember before. it being called Tyrion and the black, black. I remember it being called the Black Cauldron. And I said, they just added the guy's name because it was the Black Cauldron. Because I remember when the Black Cauldron came out, but I never saw it. And I don't even know if they played it on Disney Channel or anything. So I never saw it until like 98. Wow. So I was already, you know, an adult, I guess. <laughs> and and what's it called? And then I watched it um, once, I think, on cassette. And I thought it was kind of cool, but I never, it never, it wasn't like, oh, I got to see this again. Because right. I don't think I've seen it since. Right. I always thought the Horn King was cool. Yeah. He's the bad guy. Now we got to watch this movie. Yeah. And I want to watch it anyway, because I want to listen to that one podcast about it. Because right. it's supposed to tell the differences from, oh, I guess, the first two books of the series. There's a series? Yeah, there's a series of, <laughs> well, there's, come on, fantasy books? They're of all course, series. That makes sense. Yeah. Actually, all books have a series, if as yeah. long as things work. It's like, you know, it's all these things that you don't really know about. Because, I mean, I don't read a lot of books, but there's stuff, you know, for you. Like, you'll sit there like Jack Reacher. Right. Well, there's 52 Jack Reacher books or something, and like uh, John Wick. There's all these John Wick books, and then you know maybe they make a movie, and do they make more than one? I don't know. But like Tom Clancy did, you know Jack Ryan. I love Jack Ryan, but you know Wonderland books. You have um, the Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, you got all those things. So you got all these book series, but then there's fantasy. There's yeah, but is there? Well, there's two. There's There's, two. Yeah, but it's only two. So right. But I mean, you'll get one movie. Kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah the but uh, what's it called? Uh, who is it? What I'm thinking of? Oh, but like you know, a lot of fantasy books and right. stuff do that stuff anyway. That makes sense. So like, um, so the Black Cauldron. I didn't even actually realize the Black Cauldron was was based off of a book. I just thought it was another one of those Disney magical. Pretty much, I would stories. say any Disney movie is pretty Probably much based, based on a book. Because yeah. even things like I'll be like, oh, 101 Dalmatians based on a book. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> You know, cool. like Lady and Tramp based on a book. Yeah. 
And even Cinderella is technically based on a book because even though it's an older story, but they there was a guy who wrote a book, Cinderella. Yeah. And they how much it. is it based on this? Like, well, it's like, based more the the Disney Cinderella is based more on this book than a lot of the other like stuff. Like Frozen, Hans Christian Andersen. Well, that's just named. <laughs> I'm like, that has nothing to do really with the thing. I'm like, I can, can you still credit this uh, based on a book? It's more like inspired by. Ocean, <laughs> that makes I think more that's sense. what the credit says. Oh, good. Like, I don't. I think it's like has inspiration from Snow Queen or something. Yeah, yeah. Because she was supposed to be the Snow Evil, Queen. Right, yeah. yeah, or kind of like a. Pro- uh, an antagonist, antagonist, at least. Like, you needed to change her heart, but now that was the... Yeah, because there are things like that. You can see, like, the, the the Disney films that were not made the way they were going to be made. Yeah. And that they show, like, the Elsa that was, in a sense, evil or or, or maybe just bad. Needed to be... Needed to be fixed. Warmed. Fixed, yeah. That's how your women are. We need to fix them. <laughs> but, yeah, warm the... Warm the frozen heart or whatever. Right, right, exactly. Which ended up being the theme anyway. So, yeah, it's in the beginning. Yeah. So yeah, so I just found this whole thing and this whole guy. So if they that song was whenever the original story was yeah. there. It was all about the girl, and then they said, "Oh, what do we do with all this lyrics? Well, don't waste it. Put it. <laughs> let's keep it in there. We'll just put it. Yeah, in the let's beginning. make it a shanty kind of tune. <laughs> And it won't make sense to the rest of the film, but it'll be totally all right. It's all right. They're just being cut in ice, and you're going to be like, cool. They're just, they're just singing about themes. <laughs> See? All right, I need another beer. Hold on. Only moments away from victory. My greatest triumph. Because I thought it literally, I thought it was just something like, oh, I remember this. So I thought... Just look it up. They'll just say what it is. Right. And then I realized that it, it was hidden. It was hidden. And then this guy's article, I read the whole thing like, holy smokes, this is real. Like he's doing detective work <laughs> to figure out to that this really this existed. So then I didn't realize it was a bigger deal. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm glad this guy thought so, too, because I didn't want some Mandela effect kind of thing. Yeah. That I remember them doing that because then I had kind of that, too, where I, I was like, Ichabod and Mr. Toad. When I saw it on cassette, it says the Avengers of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I'm like, why did they throw the Avengers on that? That's like when they called the Avengers of Great Mouse Detective, which I figured out is actually, you know, what they did add. It wasn't originally that. And then, lo and behold, I'm watching the original, you know, what's it called? Ichabod and Mr. Toad. It's always been Avengers of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I was like, wow, I just don't remember it. But then again, yeah, I've always remembered I could have been wrong yes. or... And the song is like, Ichabod and Mr. Toad. It's not Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. <laughs> Plus, when I first saw it, I couldn't read, so it was just, the title was always there. That makes sense. So nowadays, you can look and see, hey, they added this. We watched that on Halloween um, while I was carving pumpkins or something, um, Ichabod and Mr. Toad. And I thought of you, I'm like, this has got to be Neil's probably... It's got to be in their top five favorite of, of Disney. It's got to be because, like, you talk about Ichabod and Mr. Toad so much. I'm like, it's up there. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. It's so fun. It's such a good, like, package story and things. And I've always loved Mr. Toad anyway. So I've watched that since I was a kid because it went on Disney Channel when I was little. And so, like, that was, like, a Halloween staple for us. Yeah. So even this Halloween, <laughs> after we got home and everything, and the kids were in bed, blah, blah, blah. And Lisa's mom had a flight out that night. Kind of weird going home on Halloween, but yeah. I guess. Because it was Sunday and everything. So so Lisa goes and takes her. And I said, oh, good. I think I have enough time just to watch Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> so, yeah, I pop in. I pop in the Disney Plus, And I put on... Uh, uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad. And what's funny yeah. is when I turn it on, it's right at the Sleepy Hollow part because I haven't shown the kids that yet. Right. So we've watched Mr. Toad. So I probably stopped it after Mr. Toad and just never went back. So then I sit there and I think I only fast forwarded through the little, you know, um, the, you know, kind of fighty kind of, not really fighty, but like that one upmanship between Brom Bones and, and Ichabod when they're fighting, fighting for Katrina's right, a, right. A, attention. So I'm like, okay, this is all goofy cartoon stuff. I can fast forward to this just so I can see most of the songs. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love Sleepy Hollow. I think it's great. So do the kids watch it? They did. We watched it all. You want too scary? Nah. It's probably not. I mean, it's not really that scary, but. Right. So I'll probably. Right. Because my kids can't, can't, 
connect the story piece at the very because at the very end you see Ichabod or you, this this yeah. idea of maybe Ichabod is is um, carving a turkey somewhere with some married some other rich girl and some yeah. other uh, nearby whatever. Yeah, it's an old widow. Right, so. right, and it's not like it's not ambiguous to them. Um, like, I whether, think that yeah, that's why they put it right. Right, so that way the kids see it and they're like, oh, he's okay. Yeah, like nah, he's probably not. <laughs> yeah, because the way they say it too. Because if you really listen, you're like, some say he found a rich old widow up the street, uh, right. you know, a few counties north, and it's like, but we all know that's not what that's happened. That's not what happened. And it's like, oh wow, he did die. <laughs> yep, he sure did. The, mis- the headless horseman, and I believe that's a real headless horseman. I don't believe that's Brom pretending to be. The See, I, I keep saying it's Brom. That's that's what it is. That he's pretending because. I think he made up the story, and he just went out there and he killed him. Right. And I think that could have been true in the book, which I will have to listen to the Disney story origin again to double to check. Right. But in that cartoon, that's definitely a yeah. supernatural being. Yeah. So that's my Black Cauldron thing. So I, I felt better that other people remember that that happened. Right. But I was just shocked on how it's like this guy's quest right. to prove that, that that's that what this happened. Is real. I didn't just remember this as a child. Like, isn't there ways to like find that out? Like box office receipts yeah, or something? And I enough. guess because it wasn't that big. Or maybe it was so small. But I'm looking at things where it's like, hey, here are these movies. You can see Look Who's Talking. Look Who's Talking. And, and Tyrion and the Magic Cauldron. <laughs> so I thought that'd be interesting. Yeah. Manny, you can tell me if this was interesting or not. <laughs> so... um <laughs> I don't have much to talk about today. All all right, I, that's all, enough, everybody. Good night. <laughs> all I thought we'd bring up would be like um, the confirmation retreat. So Neil and I just got back from a confirmation retreat. And those of you guys who don't know is that uh, uh, in in most dioceses in the United States is during your preparation for comp- confirmation, you'll go to at least one retreat. Um, it's usually like a Friday to a Sunday or Sunday morning or early um, Sunday afternoon type deal, and so we just got back from ours, and so that's uh, that was an exciting time. Um, we had fun. I had fun. Did you have fun? Yeah, I had fun. I, I didn't exhausted. think it was going to be as fun. Yeah, because it's a new place, and right. we shared with a different pair. We had another parish with us, and and it did very much have the um, uh, the growing pains of of it being a new place. Like there was. Like, I didn't expect them to provide us microphones without microphone stands. Uh, I'm like, that was kind of weird. And so, uh, and there was no, like, podium or anything like that. So, they didn't, they, it was literally just you're standing on boxes as a stage and, or, like, a little put-together stage with handheld microphones. Um, learning to work with the new uh, facility, learning, you know, the little quirks of the facility. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, um, what to expect from the teens from that facility because, you know, there's, there's I mean, it's massively different than Potosi and, you know, that's where we used to go. And, um, just kind of learning all those things. But other uh, overall, I think it was really good. Like, when I talked to my small group leaders, they said that their small groups were great and they, they really, really engaged in all the content and stuff like that. And so, um, uh, but, but yeah, I had fun with it. I, there was a lot of unexpected stuff. Uh, but it all it all kind of came came together and it it worked. And, yeah. It was the weird little things because it's like I haven't retreat did a retreat retreat like in town. Even though this was out of town, you were still in a city, right? And and it wasn't like in the uh, it wasn't in the wilderness. It was in a, a resort, you know, in a sports yeah. resort. At that, it was pretty fancy. You know, it's probably one of the fancier retreats we've ever done. Uh, and so, yeah, so you had that that level to it, but yeah, and the fact that you're in a place where other people kind of were like, yeah. like there was like a group of people playing soccer and stuff right or, in the morning, yeah, in the morning. So that wasn't a problem. It's just, I was like, oh, I didn't know they would be there, and then all these other people went and started playing basketball, and you're like, oh, well, I guess we can't set anything up on the basketball courts. <laughs> <coughs> Right. But then it's the fact is, if I walked into the other room, boom, there's a TV with football on or something, and it's like, oh, that's cool that I can watch that, which kind of takes me away from the fact that we're out in the middle of the, you know. Right. And it's like, oh, now I can get Wi-Fi if I want to, or, you know, right. you have your cell phone reception, and 
But I was still like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. Am I going to like this right. or whatever? And I still had a pretty good time. And right, it was good. And and um, for for those of you guys listening, this is a uh, um, our first year uh, confirmation students. In the Diocese of Las Vegas, you have to uh, be enrolled in religious education for at least two consecutive years to... Um, of confirmation prep. Right, to before, prior to receiving the sacrament of confirmation. And so these were students who have just experienced their first year of sacramental prep. They're basically all freshmen. And so... And it's um, not the first year. It's three months. Oh, right. It's the first three months of, of, of their, their first, first year. year. And so um, the, the way that I designed the Confirmation One retreat or the first year Confirmation retreat is that um, I consider it an introduction to retreats. Because for the most part, the like especially freshmen nowadays, it's really interesting. Like people don't sleep over at houses, and people don't. Oh, go you on know, trips. people were kind of tripping out. They're like, "Well, we, I've never stayed out." Yeah, and like they never been. They never stayed anywhere apart from where their mom is. You know, like, it's, and they were like, "I don't want to stay with those people. They're right. different." And it's right. like, "What do you mean? Like, I don't know them." Right. And so we sleep them with their small group members and stuff like that, so that uh, way they have kinda. a little bit of familiarity, but. It's a. Uh, um, it is very much like dipping your toe in the water. So we don't do the full three days where it's like Friday we go up there and then we we have two nights and then leave on Sunday morning. Can't afford that extra day. Well, we could afford. We could. We could. Uh, we <laughs> know, could do it, but but we don't because like we do that Friday uh, at the parish. And we have all the parents come and all the teens come just to give that little little level of comfort, and everybody goes home at night. And then everybody gets back at Saturday morning. Then we take them to the retreat center and we do the the retreat stuff. And then we leave on Sunday right after lunch. Um, but that was um, that's the idea behind it is this idea of like let's let's dip our toe in the idea of or in the um, in the concept of a retreat. So that way, when they go to the year two. And we take them on a full retreat where we leave on Friday afternoon and we have dinner there and they spend two nights. Um, they they feel a little bit more comfortable and are able to enter into the experience a little more fully. And that one we're going to be talking and we're going to be um, diving more deeply into the, the, the sacrament that they're receiving. Right? And it's towards the end of the year. Correct. So this is at the beginning. This is like kicking off confirmation. Right. Here's your thing. And then it's like, okay, you've had two years. Here's right. your thing. Here's your th- yeah, here it is. Yeah, as you're as you're drawing here. So so we have confirmation itself the first weekend uh, or the first week of May, and the retreat is the last weekend of March. And so there's maybe four weeks between the retreat and whenever they actually receive the sacrament for the year two students. But that's the idea, and is and um, and and I. I coordinate it in a way that it leads up to our session on prayer for our first year students. Mm. So this upcoming um, this week, uh, this week coming, yes. will all be about prayer. We'll all be about after prayer. we hit her in the head with prayer. Correct. You know, and so that the idea here is like, okay, let's build a retreat. Because here's my thing: is I hate the idea of events for the sake of events like I, this is not oh, just to say yeah, like don't I had comic ex- books i know <laughs> <laughs> I, I i'm just having an experience right that's not the point like if if the if the point of a retreat is like let's just go have an experience a fun experience or whatever or just you know to get away like uh, that's trash it it's a it's a waste of time right um to me the event or whatever it happens to be, the retreat should be a catalyst for something in their personal life, right? And so that's the way we built this retreat. In fact, we had our um, our good friend and uh, guest of the show a couple episodes ago, HB. He did the final talk on on the retreat on Sunday, and when he came in, he was talking with me and was talking with Rolissa, the other youth minister who um, helped put this retreat together. And Jessica, and, and um, he said, okay, so what should we do? And he ended up rewriting his talk, and then I was like, hey, you know, here's here's some of the good stuff what that did happened. What rewrite it? Like right then, like in that moment. Like, like you said, hey, guess what happened on Saturday? Right. So it was like based off the experience that the teens had the, the <clears throat> previous day, 
um, he was like, okay, so what? You know, there's things I should really hit on or whatever. And based on their experience, he was like, you know, let's let's go ahead and, and trash what I had and create something entirely new, essentially. And he did it like on the spot. It was fantastic. Um, but what it was it was like, you know, I said, you know, these kids are primed and ready to have um, to be able to step into a regular prayer life for themselves, to be able to walk away from this. And it be the start of I'm praying on Monday, you know, like that, that's, that's the idea. That's the point of a retreat is to uh, facilitate us a, a time away uh, from the normal distractions, from the normal stress, from the normal push and pull of all the things that you got to do uh, and to focus in on God and let that be a catalyst for your relationship with him, right? So walking away from the retreat should change how you experience God, should encourage you to have like a daily prayer had you not had one before. And that's kind of what he focused on, right? He's like, mm-hmm. here's, here's how you can pray every day. Here's some ways to connect with your church um, and those kinds of things. And like, uh, you know, and here, here's some things you need to hold on to to help to help with what you've experienced here and to carry that forward into the future. Because if it's just an experience, then to hell with it. You know, that reminds me, like, Flannery mm-hmm. O'Connor had this great line. Um, I don't know if you know this. Flannery O'Connor was a, uh, a, for those listening, was a Catholic author. She was um, kind of uh, not that well-known whenever she first started, and, and she was invited to this thing or whatever, and um, one of the ladies there found out that she was Catholic, and was kind of poking fun a little bit at her mm-hmm. and said, you know, that's, um, that Eucharist is, is, um, that's a beautiful symbol that you guys have there. And, and she says famously, well, if it's just a symbol, then to hell with it. Right. And that's, that's my point of a retreat. If it's just an event to hell with it, there's no point, you know, it's, it's stupid to, um, take a bunch of teens out to be like, hey guys, I hope you really felt good and this was fun and you had a good time. We'll see you on uh, in class on Sunday. I think that's dumb. But if you take them out and you and you have them encounter Christ and you give them the tools to be able to say, okay, I want to pray on Monday. You know, like that's that's different. That's what a retreat's supposed to do. It's supposed to it's supposed to have an impact on your life because you stepped away from your life in order to encounter the God who's been calling you this whole time, you know, and that's, that's the idea here. Um, and then moving that into confirmation, the, um, the, the second retreat that they have would be the idea then would be, okay, so you are about to receive a sacrament. That's a sacrament based in mission. It's meant to send you forward. It's meant to increase those prophetic powers that you receive at baptism the experience then should lead towards that. It should be like, okay, let's be receptive to everything that we receive um, in the sacrament in order that we move forward and into mission, whatever that mission field actually happens to be, but primarily of that of like evangelization and sacrifice because that's the, that's the mission that, that we're all called to is like to, to spread the gospel and to lay down our lives. That's the point. I feel like retreats are like... They work well as the catalyst for something to start or finish or, you know, like you mostly start. You're right. Because like, like you're saying, it's like we could use that one at the end to be like, here, now you're going to be confirmed. And don't think this is graduation. Think of it as this is a start. Right. Your first step into a new world. Right. Isn't that, what, isn't that what Obi-Wan said? That's good. You've taken your first step into a larger world. <laughs> you know, that's the deal. Like now you're like super Catholic now. Get out there and right. now we continue. And the problem is too much of it, it's all we're wrapped up. I'll never have to come to this crap hole again or right. something. And that's and the it thing, should be like, like, no, now you're into it. Now you got everything and and like even like the way I always saw the search retreats were kinda like, here's your evangelization uh, evangelization moment or your re evangelization moment exactly. or something. Yeah. Well, the one thing I was going to say is, like, when I did the search retreats, you could see that most of it was very much like, 
you know, kind of like getting your relationship with God and like a personal thing and like giving you a Jesus that you might not have known before or, you know, and I always said that like when we started the Project Genesis retreat, like I'm like, this is great for the 22 year old who hasn't been to mass since confirmation. And it's like, I need to market this to grandmas who are like, my loser grandkids don't go to church. I need them to go. And it's like, put them on this retreat. We'll show new cool Jesus. And, you know, show you God is love and show you that Jesus loves you. And he's like your friend and, and people love you. And, And then we trick you with emotion to show you things. And then at the end, you're like, yay. And then it's like, I want to go to church now. <laughs> That's called emotional man- manipulation. Shh, shh, <laughs> shh. No, but the idea, too, is it's supposed to spark you into the newer right. thing. You know, It's a paradigm shift. That's the point is like the content of the retreat should present the gospel and an encounter with Christ. And it should present the gospel in a way that like. It's like, this is relevant to my life, or I haven't heard this before, or it's not just the same old stuff, in order to just change that that mindset that we get so trapped in. Because we come with all these these assumptions of... Notions. Yeah, these preconceived notions, these these ideas of like what religion is, what Catholicism is, what the mass is, whatever it happens to be. And if we can just facilitate a slight change in how we how we think about these things it's it's a complete paradigm shift for our relationship with god because maybe the fact that the mass is boring is the entire barrier to uh somebody's relationship with god and if they can understand that the mass isn't about them that it's about god then then that can change the reality of how they experience the mass even if the mass remains boring for it you know, mm-hmm. and that's that's the idea of all this stuff is like that's what we're creating here. We're giving space. We create this um, this atmosphere and this opportunity to see the faith and to experience the faith in new light. That's meant to lead forward into a deeper relationship. So, especially for a Confirmation One retreat. So, our upcoming classes are supposed to be about prayer and how to pray. And with HB giving them the tools at that very, on, on that Sunday night or that Sunday afternoon of just like, here are some steps that you can start praying right now on your own without the aid of a retreat, you know? And that's, that's the idea here. And I feel like, uh, so many times we think that, oh, the kids ought to have an experience like that or ought to have a um, uh, um, a retreat away because it seems appropriate to their preparation or whatever. But that's not the point. Like, it's not just about having an experience. It's not just about getting away for the weekend because it's fun. No, the, 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 the point is it needs to start something. It needs to change us. That's that's the ultimately the point, and if it doesn't, then we need to stop doing it. And I agree. <laughs> no, but also, and the other thing too is I I do stress like all things being perfect or something. We right. need to get away, right, and be away. Because I remember one of our first years at Potosi, one of my first uh, small groups when I started small groups. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> um, there was one of the kids that um, I guess wasn't the best behaved, or maybe he was bit best behaved. But you were like, you were like, oh wow, he said something, you know, good. And you were a little surprised because he was very much like out of. Yeah. You know, not into things. Right. And he was like, I think it was confirmation two because we had the confirmation one retreat, I guess, or the year before we did it at the church. Oh, yeah. So he sat there and said, this is so much better than being at the church and this and that. And that kind of like was like, oh, why? What do you feel? And he's like, yeah, you just get out of it. It's something different and blah, blah, blah. And if he got something out of it that weekend, 
that's great, and I hope he did, but I think he would not have got anything out of it, no matter how good the material was, if we were still in the church. Right. Because you got to get away and put yourself in that new thing and get away from your life and all your distractions. You know, and that's the thing. Like, I try, you know, like you were talking about, you know, where we let the kids have their phones, but... I almost always like, just don't even use your phones. Right. Find something fun to do. That's, again, the point of it being a, an intro to retreats. You know, it's like the idea here is to give them a taste of what it's like, not the full. You know, it's like it, it's again, it's it's that dipping your toe into the water because to, to immerse them entirely uh in nowadays whenever we're so accustomed to the habit of distraction i don't think our teens could have ha- could handle that like I-, I think they would lose their minds more than anything else um and and be so uncomfortable that'd be difficult for them to actually engage with the material oh i know because like what you're saying about the distraction it's like i was talking to the the guy who owns the comic book store i go to and he's talking about his 13 year old who's glued to the phone right he's like has it on watching something while he's taking a shower like he can't be away from it now i understand like growing up but like oh you gotta put the radio on listen to music we're in the shower and this is like the next version of that but (laughs) but i mean i'm just thinking like there's times where, like, I haven't grown up with phones and right. constant distractions, but, you know, I can't take more than a two-minute poop without being like, I got to look at my phone. Right. I know. It's a problem. And I know that, you know, growing up, you had magazines or something in the bathroom so you could sit and read, but, like... But that's different, though. So, so a, a magazine, you're actually engaging your intellect because it requires you to be active in it. You have to read versus... Something like uh, a cell phone is pure blind entertainment. You don't have to think. Your mind is, doesn't have to be engaged in what's happening there because it's something that's happening to you versus something that you are doing. You see what I'm saying? There's, there's Unless it is something that you are like reading an article or something, right? Right, exactly. Which is mostly rare because the the, the, the draw of the phone is it's a visual, it's a visual medium. Correct. So. But I'm also, what's funny is it's just like... You know, like my father-in-law, he'll be on his iPad like all day. Oh, yeah. But he's reading the newspaper. Oh, nice. So, you know what I mean? Like he reads like DSPN or he's reading the local newspaper on his iPad opposed to opening up the newspaper. That's awesome. Yeah. But it's just like one of those things where it's like you're on the iPad, you know. And the same way for me, too. Like, I'll sit there and I'll be on, like I said, reading all that stuff for the Black Cauldron today. You did it on your phone. <laughs> but that's the thing. So I'll notice that there's a lot of times I'm reading things on my phone that I would have read in on in a magazine. Right. Or the newspaper. Or. Yeah. But that's the thing is, like, we, we live in a culture now that is that... Um, that constant distraction or that habit of distraction that we need these times away. Like even Jesus took these times away. Like if, you know, the very first thing that he did after being baptized is he took a retreat. You know, it might have been more intense than our retreats, you know, where you're spending 40 days in the wilderness, you know, know, fasting and all that stuff. Locusts and wild honey. (laughs) That's John the Baptist. But, (laughs) but, uh, um, but being without all those those normal comforts of everyday life to prepare you for something something radically different and that was a change in the experience of the life of Christ right he goes out uh, you you hear nothing from him for thirty years essentially after his birth you have that moment when he's twelve years old in Luke's gospel or whatever but for the most part you hear nothing from him after his birth until he's thirty years old. He's baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River, and then before he even begins his first time in a synagogue or his first time with any disciples or anything like that, he takes a retreat. Forty days in the wilderness just to be present with God, just to be tempted in the wilderness to, to say, like, I'm going to reject these things and I'm going to choose God every time. So that when I come to the real world, that's what I can do. 
I can reject these things and to be with God every single time. And that's the point. Well, we probably should wrap up, huh? But sorry, sorry that we had way too much VHS talk and uh, basic (laughs) cable. Interesting stuff, though. In 1990s uh, UHF Las Vegas television, but (laughs) early 90s. But, um, you know, hopefully you got a little bit of Catholicism at the end. Um, next time we're planning on doing more fun stuff. <laughs> it's like we trick you. Like here, we're going to be talking about some, some random pop culture stuff, but then at the very end, it's a bait and switch. Jesus is here? Yes. <laughs> it's like, hey, we're going to review horror movies and Jesus. <laughs> what was the other thing too we did? Oh, yeah, we're going to do this whole thing on Superman and a little Jesus. Don't worry. Everything I've I've been throwing at David, I'm like, ah, he'll find Jesus in there somewhere. That's what I do. I find Jesus. That's the point. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, hey, let's go see this uh, Adam Carolla special. He used to be a carpenter. Hey, Hey, Neil, you know know who used to be a carpenter. (laughs) Oh. All right, everybody. Well, hit us up on our Insta Insta and Facebook. Yeah. And has anybody ever tagged us in anything yet? No, because people are So nobody also, likes us. Also, we don't know how to tag either. So. Oh. Well, if anybody wants a gift card, let us know. I know. Even we'll, we'll Terry, except for Terry Love, because. She gets all the shout outs. She gets all the shout outs. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, right, if you so really our, want the gift card, let me know. Our social media is at Among Wolves Pod. Uh, you can get us on Instagram or on Facebook, although uh, we seem to have more more activity on the gram. So um, either way, uh, hit us up there and uh, like and subscribe to, to the podcast uh, where you can get the regular downloads and never miss a show. Okay, anything else you want to say? No, we're just really happy and uh, salute to all the veterans out there. And um, oh, well, guess we got to add it. Help them down, babies. Hey, hey, hey. Wanna say bye? Say bye bye. Bye bye bye. Bye bye bye. That was a good one. Good job, baby.